Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vanderbilt here with, of course, Woody's here. Woody's always here. Woody is the trusted canine co-host of the show. He's my ombudsman. He keeps me on point. All right, real quick, I want to get into the election results. Now, as I reported uh, that, you know, Decision Desk has announced the presidency for Joe Biden. Okay, we'll just call it. I'm not going to call the election, but we'll say it. We'll call it. We'll say it out loud. That decision just said it. Others will follow suit. It's just how it happens. The media, they once they get a something like this, they're all going to run with it. But I, you know, I want to talk about the media too in a little bit. But first, before I get into the media, um, conspiracies. There are a ton of them out there. I mean, a ton of them out there. Do not get sucked up into them, ladies and gentlemen. That's the last thing you want to do because that's the first thing that the left wants you to do. There is some conspiracy theory out there that President Trump put watermarks on all the ballots and they're going to trace them all back and uh, expose the corruption, the fraud. Aha, we got you. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. Don't get sucked up into all of that. Oscom Razor, the most likely answer is usually the answer. Like I said, this is an election of a thousand cuts that if Trump lost the election, it's because of the election of a thousand cuts. Orange man bad. But like I said earlier, there were a, this is a huge win for the GOP. They may, they may have lost the presidency, but they won in a lot of other areas. So let's talk about that. And then we'll get into the media and uh, big tech. Um, so here's the win for the GOP. One is they retain the Senate. That's the biggest thing. They retain the Senate. It looks like when the dust settles, they'll have a 52 Senate majority. Now, they had a 53, so they lost one. They lost a Senate seat in Colorado and a Senate seat in Arizona, but they picked up a Senate seat in Alabama. And it looks like they're going to hold their seat in uh, North Carolina. And it looks like they're going to hold the seat in Georgia. There were two seats in Georgia. One was between Ossoff and David Perdue. And it looks like Perdue is going to squeak it out. It's very tight. Could, could change. But it looks like he's going to squeak it out. And the other was the, there was a Republican seat up. Uh, Kelly Loeffler is the sitting senator, the other city senator in Georgia. And she was appointed by Governor Brian Kemp. Now, um, there was a special election because she replaced Johnny Isaacson, who stepped away for health reasons. So this was a special election. And it looks like, uh, well, let me back up a little bit here. I'm trying to do two things at once, losing, losing the focus. So Kelly Loeffler, it was a special election this time around. And so that means it was a um, jungle election. So anybody and everybody could put their name in a hat. There were like six candidates. There were really two, two solid Republican candidates running and one solid Democrat candidate running. The Democrat, uh, Reverend Warnock, I think is his name, uh, he achieved about a little bit 30% of the vote. Uh, Loeffler, like 27%. And then Doug Collins, who was the other Republican running, achieved like 21, 22%. So now it goes to a runoff between Loeffler and Warnock. Now, there are enough Republican votes to win that Senate seat, to keep that Senate seat in the Republican coffer. And Loeffler is going to retain that seat. Now, the Democrats, will, this, this won't, the, the election won't be until um, 
November, or I'm sorry, January 5th. So we got a long way out. So the Democrats are going to pour a lot of money into it because they need this. They, they want it. They, they're not, they, they're not, it doesn't matter to them. It won't get them control of the Senate, but what it will do is it'll give them uh, that mental, moral victory, whatever you want to call it, uh, and the Senate will be closer to Democrat than to the Democrat control than they had before. Because remember, they came out of this election, you know, it was 53, 53 Republican senators to 47 leftists, let's put it that way, because two are independent, I know. So now it looks like it's going to be, I'm sorry, I said 53, it'll be 52. So right now they got 48, you got Tillis in North Carolina, 49, uh, Purdue in um, Georgia, 50. Then you've got Loeffler in Georgia, 51. And then in Alaska, that seat will be retained, 52. So the Senate has a majority. Now, what that means is, well, that means that the Democrats are dead in the water. That means that the Democrats won't be able to get anything through. They can't get through the Senate. Mitch McConnell won his seat. And he is going to, you know, my hope and hope is a wishy-washy word. My, Mitch McConnell has done a phenomenal job at putting, filling the judiciary. And Mitch, Mitch McConnell has sent signals to the Democrats, if they win, don't send me kooky candidates. So there, it's not likely there's going to be another Supreme Court seat open in the next term since Trump just filled Amy Coney Barrett. Thank God that happened and he put her on the bench. Thank God. So it doesn't look like the Democrats are going to have any power. They lost um they they lost the Senate. They wanted the Senate back. They needed the Senate back. And they didn't get the Senate back and that means they got nothing. They had this is the beauty of our um constitution. The balance of power. You got the House, the presidency, and the judiciary. And the House is split in two. You got the House of Representatives and the Senate. And if one controls the other, then it's a, st a, st a stalemate. So the, the, <laughs> the Senate controls the House. I'm sorry, the Senate is controlled by the GOP. Now the House, the Republicans won there too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Can you believe this? And, uh, you know, this is, I, I'm not seeing it reported widely, but here, the Democrats, they still hold a majority in the House. So, yeah, I know you're saying, E, wait a minute, you just said that the Republicans won in the House. They did. The Democrats still hold a majority, but it's a slimmer majority. They, they lost five seats. The Republicans gained six seats. Uh, you know, there was one open election. So the Democrats lost five seats. And there could be more, by the way. There's some seats that still haven't been called. And there's no doubt that the Republicans gained seats in this election. Think about that. The Democrats thought they were going to get the Senate back, and they thought they were going to increase the number of seats in the House. I mean, I've, I saw those reports all over the place. And remember, I said it too. I said they'll keep the House and probably increase it. And I think there were some numbers that were, they were going to get an increase of either 14 to 17 seats in the House. They lost seats. The opposite happened. Now, it would have been beautiful if the Republicans won control of the House, but they're this much closer for 2022. Now, that is a huge win for the Republicans. And there's more, too. So the Republicans, they retain the Senate, which means absolutely the Democrats are stuck in the mud. 
It means that Biden, if he wins, God forbid, he's a, um, a lame duck president right out the gate. All that crap he was talking about won't be able to do it. Stacking the court won't be able to do it. Won't be able to do just about anything because the presidency, they don't have that kind of power. The presidency does not have that kind of power. Now, what the presidency does have power is in foreign affairs. So that scares me. Uh, because the president pretty much has free reign in foreign affairs. So that does scare me. And I'm sure there are many foreign nations right now that are going, oh, crap. You know, especially Israel. Even the Mideast countries that have signed a peace deal with Israel under uh, Trump, they're probably thinking, ah, oh, crap. Because Trump makes things happen. I mean, the peace deals that happened in the Mideast were purely based on economics. In other words... Trump got them to come to the table to realize that if they worked out a deal together, each of their countries would benefit financially. And the Democrats don't do that. In fact, the Democrats, when John Kerry famously saying, there will never be any peace in the Mideast without the Palestinians. Well, guess what, John Kerry? You were wrong. And that was because of Trump. Trump has a lasting legacy here. Even if he doesn't win this second term, and again, it doesn't look good, he has a le lasting legacy. He's got a legacy on the Supreme Court because the Democrats will not be able to stack the court. They lost the Supreme Court. They, done, done, in, just done. If they thought they can stack the court to win over the court, that dream is gone because the Republicans held the Senate. And... The Democrats lost strength in the House. But wait, there's more. And there's a lot more. Uh, they also gain a governorship. So I go to Vox. Vox, if you know anything about Vox, not Fox, V-O-X, Vox, they are about as far left as you can get. I mean, they are leftists. Man, bad leftists. I mean, they're just, I don't know if they're as good leftists. But anyway, the Vox is so far to the left uh, it makes Bernie Sanders uh, look to the left to see where they're at, okay? So here's an, ar here's an article that they put out, uh, November 5th, uh, Jerusalem, Damas. The headline is, Democrats fail to make gains in state legislative races in advance of 2021 redistricting. That's right. The importance of this is the census is just completed. You know, the census, the 2020 census. Well, what happens in the census is now it goes to state legislatures and they can redefine and redistrict areas. See, if, it, if the Democrats were in control, they would use that census data. They would use all this power that they have in the state legislators to redistrict congressional districts, which would lend to more Democrats getting elected gone that pipe dream is gone box goes on the right the subtitle uh the subheadline democrats point to gerrymandering as republicans successfully fend off state legislative legislative challenges 10 years ago republicans routed democrats in state legislative races across the country gaining control of more seats than they had since 1928 and earning control of 54 of the 99 state legislative chambers their highest total in 58 years according to the national conference of state legislators 
The article goes on. State house races are extremely important in every cycle. They can decide to expand Medicaid, pass restrictions on abortion, enact criminal justice reforms, or any array of policy decisions. But every 10 years, their importance is magnified after the census is taken, and they are tasked with the process of redistricting legislative and congressional boundaries, which can decide partisan control of state legislatures and the U.S. Congress for the next decade. This is from Vox, a very far left organ left publication. The article goes on. This year, banking on a blue wave, Democrats staked out an ambitious map aiming to spend $50 million to win legislative majorities in GOP-held chambers and gain control of key chambers in advance of next year's redistricting fights. The Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee targeted both chambers in Arizona, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Kansas, as well as the Iowa and Michigan houses and the Minnesota state. In the end, Democrats raised $88 million to Republicans $60 million, but they don't have much to show for it. That's right. In the article, I'll read one more paragraph in the article and we'll talk about this. Really, voters in Arizona are still being counted, but if those chambers remain in GOP hands, Democrats will have failed to flip a single state chamber. In fact, the only chambers that will have changed hands are the New Hampshire House and Senate, which flipped to Republican control. This is a surprising defeat for Democrats, particularly as New Hampshire voters overwhelmingly rejected Democrats, the U.S. Congress, and voted for former Vice President Joe Biden by a wide margin. So there you have it. Trump's legacy. The, the left have been exposed, and people are not voting for the left. This is huge. This is why the Democrats are glum right now. This is why the Democrats are not over there dancing a jig. Now, Hillary Clinton, she's already had three bottles of Chardonnay, so she's all cheerful that uh, Trump was possibly beaten only because orange man bad because he beat her so badly last time see that's the problem the Demo that's the mistake that's the miscalculation the democrats did is they went after donald trump with everything they had i mean everything and all the rest didn't come into play because they focus so heavily on getting the media to get people to hate donald trump to say he was bad, no accomplishments, and they forgot one simple rule in politics. All elections are local. Now, I've been challenged on that by a state rep here in Georgia. He said all elections aren't local anymore because the Democrats make it national. Uh, it's actually BS because all elections are local. See, here's the thing is you, if you are a Republican, or a Democrat, and your representative in Congress is of the same party affiliation as you, you know what? Chances are you like your, your representative. You know, uh, if you are a Republican or a Democrat and your representative is a different party affiliation to you, chances are you don't like them because we are now a polarized party nation. We, we vote right down the line. So if you are in a Republican area, and your state rep or your Congress critter is Republican, your chances are you're voting for him. And that's what happened here. The, the left completely missed it, and they thought if they can get the angst against Trump so high that people would vote down ballot, 
and all of this would fall into place for them. And they would win control of the Senate. They would win, they would win more congressional seats. They would win the state legislative seats and even more governorships when they didn't. They actually lost five seats in the, the House. They won one seat in the Senate. We'll give them that. They lost a governorship. So now the governorships in the state, in the United States, are, let's see what we got, uh, 23 are Democrats, 27 now are Republican. So now you've got people that have voted for their representatives, their state legislators, and it didn't go the Democrats' way. They wanted complete power. And they wanted complete power because when they had complete power, they could change the rules. They can divide everything. They can cut everything up the way they wanted to. And that would give them power for years to come, generations possibly. And that was all taken away from them because they put all their energy and all their focus on Donald Trump, Orange Man Bad. And it blew up. It blew up in their faces. And they, they, that's why you don't see them rejoicing yet. They're happy if Biden wins. So now if Biden wins, and again, you know, statistically, it looks good for Biden. You got to just call it what it is. If Biden wins, now we're going to have Biden in the White House and Kamala Harris is the VP. Now, Biden's got a good two years that he'll be there before he either steps away or honestly, morbid as it sounds, passes away. Uh, I don't believe he'll survive his first term. I believe that He's going to step away for health reasons, and I know that's the conspiracy theory. Yeah, my tinfoil hat's on right now. And Kamala Harris becomes the first black female president of the United States of America. She's so far to the left. Again, she's farther left than Bernie Sanders. Come 2022, people are going to see that, and it's, I think the, the Republicans win the House. So one of the theories that I had was I wanted the Democrats to retain the House. I want them to retain control of the House because I want people to see how crazy they are so that they can get voted out into obscurity in 2022. And it looks like that could still happen, but and it may amplify it that Biden is, at, is the president and then Kamala Harris becomes the president. That could actually amplify it, and that could actually work to the ultimate goal that I see happening is the Democrat Party crashes and burns so heavily that they're just kind of relegated to the dustbin of history because they need to be gone. I still am firm that the Democrat Party is bad for this country and they need to be gone. And I still think this could play out. Thank God the Senate was held by the GOP. Thank God the state legislatures were held by the GOP. Thank God the majority of Republican governors are majority Republican governors. We can handle a Joe Biden presidency, but we couldn't handle a Joe Biden presidency with a Democrat-controlled Senate and House. Uh, because if they did win back the Senate, they would have packed the court. They would have packed the court. No doubt they would have packed the court. So, yes, it sucks that Trump may have lost this election, but he has a lasting legacy in what he achieved as president of the United States in his term. We have a... Supreme Court that is a solid 5-4 conservative or constitutionalist, a squishy 6-3, but a solid 5-4. The Senate is still in control of, by the GOP. The state legislators are still controlled by the GOP. The governorships are still controlled by the GOP. What did the left win? They won getting a senile old man with a far-left 
a pretty much communist VP candidate into the White House. That's it. That's all they want. They didn't win power. They want a position, but they didn't win power. Now, let's talk about the media. And we'll end this on the tech giants. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the cable news networks uh, vacillated between uh, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. And I got to tell you, I cannot be more impressed with John King at CNN. I think he did a phenomenal job. In fact, they need to put more of John King up. Uh, th that is the credibility of the network. Uh, I think Anderson Cooper is still the fool that he's always been and was partisan and almost getting giddy because he doesn't see the big picture. He's not that bright. He's, he's one of those privileged elites, by the way. You know, he's from the Vanderbilt family. So he's born with a, uh, gosh, not even a silver spoon in his mouth. The man was born with a golden spoon in his mouth. And uh, I think Wolf Blitzer just came out looking like the buffoon that he always is. But John King did a phenomenal job. And I think MSNBC went farther off the deep end as, as, as they started to realize that they weren't winning. They weren't winning the Senate. They weren't winning in the House. They weren't winning in the state legislature. So MSNBC, I believe, is going to help facilitate the demise of the Democrat Party by going even more off the rails. I think they're going to actually help us. So, uh, and Fox News, um, you know, Fox News called Arizona, and there's, you know, there's a lot of speculation is that that may have been a move to try to thwart this election going to Trump. I'm not going to go down that road, but Fox News, you know, Tucker Carlson is a gem. He, he, I mean, I could watch him all day, uh, but the rest of Fox News. Honestly, Fox News is slipping farther um, center left than center right. They've always been kind of in the center. I've always, you know, I don't watch much of the news media as it is. Um, I get most of my information online. I, I don't trust the talking heads because the talking heads just tell you what, you know, they want you to hear. Now, if you want to listen to an opinion show like Tucker Carlson, that's great. I mean, you know, it gives you factual information versus just minutia. Now, I do like to watch the opposition because then, you know, you can, you can learn what they're saying or doing. So that's why I'll sometimes watch MSNBC. I watch CNN the least because CNN's just kind of milquetoast down the middle trying to be, but, you know, they're just masking them, their, their um, Democrat leanings. But I think what's going to happen in the media right now is because you notice CNN wasn't giddy which was interesting to me. I, th I thought, again, John King's reporting and his analysis on the elections was just very, very good. Uh, I think CNN actually was the winner in this election. I think CNN's, and I know the viewership right now says Fox News had the most viewers, but I think CNN did the better job at, at um, reporting on this election uh, than the other networks. And uh, I, you know, my, my trust or my hope, again, wishy-washy word, is that CNN realizes this and they just start reporting down the middle because we do need a network that reports down the middle. We don't have that. We don't have any network that reports just down the middle. Now, Brett Baer on Fox News is a pretty solid guy, reports down the middle. But he, you know, he was out there defending their decision to call Arizona, you know, defending decision desk, decision to call Arizona. And I haven't checked, but since decision desk called the race for Biden. I'm pretty sure Fox has called the race for Biden as well because they seem to follow decision desks. That's who they use. So, you know, be that as it may, um, I don't say Fox did a bad job. Uh, MSC, everybody performed. Fox performed how they normally perform. CNN performed, or I'm sorry, MSNBC performs how they normally perform, what you could expect from both of those two networks. And CNN surprised me.
They, they absolutely surprised me. CNN, I think, reported this right down the middle. At least John King's reporting was. I know Jake Tapper, he went into his Karen mode quite a few times. But uh, John King, uh, kudos to John King. I think he did a phenomenal job at reporting this. So he's the one that I'm watching right now because he just gave some pretty level-headed analysis down the middle. Uh, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. So he's got some expertise and he told you how these things go. And so far, they've been playing out how he's been saying they've been playing out. Now, as I'm recording this, there could have been more news that had come in and everybody could start calling the race. I don't know. But I will say this, big tech. Let's go back to big tech. Uh, when I say big tech, we'll focus on Twitter and Facebook. Um, Twitter has been blocking tweets from the president of the United States of America, regardless of, you know, who you believe or what your party affiliation is. That's that's irresponsible and, un and unconscionable that Twitter takes it upon themselves to, to block tweets from the president of the United States of America. They were, they were putting disclaimers on tweets from uh, Mark Levin, basically conservatives across the board that would report on anything that was suspect. They would put these flag, these tweets and all that. Twitter is absolutely the worst when it comes to uh, oppressing speech or, or voices i won't say speech because it's not a free speech issue free speech issue is a government issue you know free only the government can deny you free speech twitter cannot deny you free speech twitter twitter can deny you the speech on their platform and they are a private entity so they have that right to do that but they they are so egregious that uh, i'm thinking of just getting off the platform and i use twitter quite a bit um facebook the same thing i posted something on facebook regarding the election it was totally innocuous it, it wasn't even one side or the other and they flagged it and i couldn't even tell what they flagged i just got this notice that they flagged an article i posted and it doesn't even tell me what the article was but they flagged it so big tech i think is going to come out of this worse than they went into it because here's why is facebook as i've mentioned before it, the demographic tends to be a little older you know they've been around a while now and the people on Facebook tend to be a little more conservative and they're frustrated. They, they Facebook banned and flagged tons of Trump groups, pro Trump groups. There is one out of New Jersey where they banned it. And it was big news out of uh, New Jersey that the Trump, Facebook was banning this pro Trump group of about 30,000 people. And they did that across the board. They've been flagging pro-Trump groups left and right. People are going to get tired of that. People are going to put up with that. Facebook's lost um, uh, users. They, their revenues dropped. Not enough to where it matters to them yet. Same with Twitter. Twitter, recent filings, they, they lost. I forget how much money it was in, in recent filings. And their usership is also down. Big tech, it may be the biggest losers out of all of this. And I think right now, if Trump wants to have an impact on big tech, he gets off of Twitter and goes to Parler. If he goes to Parler and gets off of Twitter, instant. Parler gets instant hits. I mean, and people just will drop off of Twitter like tomorrow. See, here's what the big tech don't realize. If you're in big tech, by the way, uh, and you work at those back office algorithm, you know, you're on your computer, you know, with your, you know, thick glasses and all that. Hey, I wear prescription lenses. I can dig on people who wear glasses. Uh, you, you're looking at this because you, you hate orange man bad, right? You don't like Trump. So you, you're looking at all these conservatives as idiots, as rubes, as backwoods, rednecks, whatever, when they are the majority of Americans. 
And your platform, while large, doesn't mean it's infallible. Doesn't mean it can't fall. It can fall pretty quickly. You know, users can easily get frustrated and say enough's enough and drop. But if you just open up your platform to down the middle consensus, I believe Facebook's numbers would go up. I believe Twitter's numbers would go up, but they don't care. See, the big techs, they've got so much money coming in right now, right now, but that could change. And when that does change, that's when you'll start seeing these big techs either go away. Because I, I remember when Facebook came about, there was another platform similar called uh, MySpace. And MySpace was bigger than Facebook at one point, and it was almost immediate that it changed. It was almost immediate where people got off of MySpace and went to Facebook. That could happen again. Your business is fickle, uh, big tech. All people have to do is just switch from one platform to the other. And when they do that, and if enough people do that, then they get the same thing they were getting off of your platform, whereas it's that social gathering online, that digital social gathering. Because right now, Twitter is about 330 million people. Facebook is like 1.6 million billion or something like that. And it could all start changing rapidly. All people have to do is just switch over. And I'm telling you, this election may be that election that does it. So Donald Trump's legacy, I think, will be lasting. Now, here's another thing that uh, uh, one last thing and we'll wrap up the show today is Donald Trump is a billionaire. Whether you want to believe it or not, I don't care what the left thinks. I don't, I don't care at all what they think. Donald Trump has an amazing life. He is uh, incredibly wealthy, owns properties throughout the world. And if he steps away, if he loses this election, Donald Trump goes back to being a billionaire. And um, I have a feeling Donald Trump won't let his voice just be quiet. But he gets to go back to his billionaire lifestyle. So while you may think you have, a, have won leftist by kicking him out of office, uh, you, he just elevated this man <laughs> to the history books. He, he, he now goes back to this billionaire lifestyle he had. I mean, because the amount of stress that he was under as president of the United States, I think he enjoyed it, by the way, but it's just unlike any other. That's why Biden, I don't think, is going to last. And now, he, with all the knowledge that he has coming out of being the most powerful man in the world, his businesses will probably uh, just be on fire. Uh, so I don't, it's not a... It, it, Donald Trump isn't relegated to the ash bin of history, the dustpin of history. Actually, we uh, will probably see more of a social media preference. So he's going to still poke it. He's still going to be poking the left in the eye, and he's going to do it more so because he's pissed because of what they did. And don't forget this, leftists. He's still president until January 20th, 2021. He's still your president. There's a lot to be done that he could do in those remaining weeks and months of his presidency. That's just got to stick in your craw. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL podcast. Please do help us overcome big tech. Don't let them, don't let them suppress voices. Uh, you can help in a couple of ways. One is subscribing, subscribing to the channel. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, subscribe. If, if you're on, listening to Apples and iTunes, please subscribe because it helps move us up. And that subscription is worth more than actually following and sharing 
and even downloads and listens. Listens are important, but that, that subscription in the algorithm is what moves channels up. The same with the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, hit the subscribe button. If you're not watching me on the YouTube channel, please go to our YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor, and subscribe. Because again, it's all about, at this point in time, how do we overcome big tech? How do we beat big tech? I am on YouTube. I also have a Rumble account. I post both videos on Rumble and YouTube. So if you're on Rumble, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. This is how you can help the show by subscribing. We've got a big, big path ahead of us. If Donald Trump does lose this election, I know the left, what they think is it shuts down the, the right media. It doesn't. I'll leave this one last parting shot to you leftists about thinking that all these channels, these conservative channels get shut down when Donald Trump is out of office. Uh, I give you one name, Rush Limbaugh. That's right. When Bill Clinton became president of the United States, Rush Limbaugh's show blew up. See, the opposite happens. I wish you left us, actually, I hope you left us never learn the law of unintended consequences. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.